Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 439. It's made possible this week by our sponsors Indeed and Capital One. My name is Stephen Hackett and I have the pleasure of being joined by Mr. Mike Hurley. Hello, and I have the pleasure of being joined by Federico Vitici. Hello, and I have the pleasure of being joined by nobody else. It's the three of us. That's the Hi. three of us. Yes. Just yes. three of us. Mm-hmm. What was that song that you were doing? I don't know. Isn't that a thing? I think it's just the two of us. Well, just yeah. the two of us. Yeah. Just the three of us is a very different song. It's a different vibe. It's a more modern vibe, I think. That's oh. true. That is true. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Anyway. Me, you, and Lickitung. If you want to know what that's in reference to, you should go to getconnectedpro.co. You know? Mm-hmm. A wild one today. Stephen had a tough and it's only wednesday we're here for you man thank you yeah well we have a bunch of follow-up all this follow-up was submitted at our fancy form at relay.fm slash connected there's a submit feedback button it's also at longthigh.social if you want to is it it is oh okay yeah that's this domain i bought a few weeks ago we talked about this. Were you surprised that how uh, that we got no more? Nobody else wanted to challenge the, to be the thigh to beat. I was really surprised by this. I, we got no more thighs this week, so we have a thigh champ, and so no one, no one's challenging the thigh. Yeah. There's no other thigh to beat. We so. did have feedback, basically back to back from each other. One person said, "Please stop." Another person said, "Please keep going with it." So <laughs> I don't know what people want. There you go. But mm-hmm. we have some non-thigh-related follow-up today. We're going to start with Sebastian, who writes, A million episodes ago, Mr. Vitici asked for recommendations for a wallet with AirTag support. I assume he got good recommendations from the passionate ones. And we never got to hear back from him. He needs to be a man of the people and share what he got. I think this is incorrect. I'm pretty sure I shared what I bought because somebody else asked the same question. And I think... I'm going to say it again. I bought a cheap wallet from Amazon Italy called the Hawanik wallet. It's, I have no idea what this brand is or does. Uh, it's exactly what I needed. I'm going to send you, I'm going to post it in Discord. This is what I bought. It's the Hawanik wallet and it's got a cheap AirTag um, thing in it. It's like very simple, very mini- it's called minimalistic. Uh, it, let me, it, it lets me put some, uh, I can store some cash, uh, three, uh, three cards, ID, uh, the Italian equivalent of a social security card, and that's about it. Also, I got my, coup- my, my, my um, like the little coupon card for my barber shop. I, they put a little stamp on it. What color? What color? Uh huh. It's the black one. Okay. Yeah. How often do you go to your barber shop that you need a punch card? Uh, well, like every couple of weeks, actually. Yeah. Keeping it, keeping it tight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I gotta, I gotta. It's you know, keep a long beard. You gotta, you gotta care for it. And yeah. Uh-huh. No, you're right. Of course, I got, I got my, I got, I got my whole kit at home with the soap and and. Uh, and the balm and the oil and all that kind of stuff. But still, it's also kind of relaxing to just go to the barber. Like The guy takes care of you and puts the hot towel on your face. It's very relaxing. I like the hot towel. 
a while back I was actually kind of falling asleep because I had a long day. I was like, geez, I totally forgot that I was at the barber's. Like, and this is very relaxing with the towel on my face. But yes, anyway, this is the wallet. I like it. It's it's fine. I think as soon as you said we've talked about this before, I remembered that we talked about it before. So yeah, it's co- covered twice now. Mm-hmm. Dan wrote in, referring to our previous episode, Federico talked about his Apple Watch Ultra and his annoyance with launching shortcuts from a complication requiring a confirmation tap. What about running a shortcut via the action button? Mm. Let's see. Uh, so if instead of running... See, so I set it up with the action button. Yeah, it's in the settings on the watch app. Uh, yeah, it skips the confirmation... Hmm. It skips the confirmation step. It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of weird because it like auto confirms that you want to run it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, hmm. But then I got to give up the flashlight integration. The flashlight is good. Hmm. I don't know if that's a good thing. So like it skips the confirmation step if you press the button. Yeah, it, it that brings feels me... like a way to accidentally run a shortcut a lot of times. Well, you really. You really can't accidentally hit the yeah. action button. Yeah, you, you really got to press it. Because it's, of the crown guard. No, no it, the action button's on the other side. Guard. The crown guard is on the other side. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, we're not making that voice. Like We're not bragging. I did have a thing yesterday. I was in London yesterday and just steer clear of the Apple Store. I just keep steering clear of the Apple Store. I've been doing that since like September. I just won't go into them because <laughs> I fear what will happen if I go into an Apple store. So I just stay away from the Apple store. Apple Watch Ultra would jump onto your wrist. Yeah. Have you tried one on? Yes. Uh, David Sparks is. That's he right. He put it on my wrist in Disneyland. He just made me wear it. And I liked it a lot. Mm. A little watchy tongue action. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, maybe you don't have to buy an Apple Watch Ultra. <laughs> I thought this was great. This really made me laugh. GS Live posted about this in the members Discord. It is a third-party product to that is just a, like a case, like a shell to go on an Apple Watch Series Eight. Oh my! To God. make it look like an Apple Watch Ultra, <laughs> and then just—I don't know why—but there's just something so funny about this to me. This this reminds me of people who like put extreme things on their on their car or their truck. Right, yeah. like racks and like shovels and like a like a tent maybe, but then they never go in the woods with their car. Right, yeah. Same, same, same energy. Mm-hmm. It's like having a pickup truck, right, in like the city or whatever. Yeah, who would do that? Exactly. That that's the kind of thing. But I, I there's just this is very funny to me. I th- I think that this is a, a hilarious product that I'm pleased exists in the world for people that want to pretend they have an Apple Watch Ultra but don't don't actually have hmm. one. I just I think it's fantastic. I feel like I've seen an uptick in Apple Watch Ultras in the world. For a long time I didn't see another one at all, but I've seen a few just like at the grocery store like you know, out and about in the world. Maybe maybe everyone's doing this with a $13 Snap-on cover. Yeah, that actually could be what's happening. I feel like I'm seeing them more and more these days too, which again doesn't help uh me for my want of one uh but i'm just still not gonna do it i'm gonna wait i'm waiting i'm waiting anyway now that i'm trying this uh, thank you dan for the suggestion i didn't know about the skipping the confirmation step when you trigger a shortcut from the action button i'm gonna think about this uh i think i run this shortcut 
more often than I trigger the flashlight. So it may be worth it to just pair it with the action button and go back to control center for the flashlight. Hmm. Is it uh, within your security parameters to share what the shortcut is? It's my shortcut to uh, append uh, some text to the bottom of a note in Notion. So you just speak into the watch and like... Or type. Add. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, you, yeah. Hey, Notion. Notion, this is my secret. Please write it down. Thank you, Notion. <laughs> like that? Yeah, it's exactly like whenever I dictate something on the watch, I whisper to the watch. And also you say, hey, Notion. Like every every note says, it starts with, hey, every Notion. Every note start, starts with, hey, Notion, comma, and then the actual note. Yeah. yeah. You should see Stephen's calendar. It's like, hey, calendar. <laughs> every 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 meeting starts with, hey, calendar. Every task is like, hey, to-doist. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> I got something to do. Something to do. <laughs> Change roof. Uh, you also posted a, 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 a picture of your Apple Watch Ultra. So I think we need to re-roast your home screen because your watch face is completely different, Federico. What's going on? How come you've com- you, you've completely redone your, your, your watch face? Because we shamed Ultra? him. <laughs> Well, that's because you don't read my newsletter. Uh, oh. That's because oh, it's on. It look. Hang on a minute. Yeah, I don't no, care you about your wait. apologies and you and, just and wait. Excuses. I have in reader an unread mm. item on my Club Max Stories RSS feed, which it's, says a lighter approach to focus modes with iPhone and Apple Watch. It's Ultra. people like you are killing blogs. I'm I'm paying. <laughs> aren't I? Am I paying? I don't even know. Yeah, I took some time to make two <laughs> focus modes. Just I don't want to like I don't want to be like those people with twenty focus modes. Like I, I don't like have time or energy. Like like I used to be. Yes, big mistake two years ago. Never gonna do it again. So I just have one for like uh, during the day when I'm working or after nine p.m. when I'm just chilling, minding my own business. And uh, I got the watch faces to go along with those home screens on the iPhone. Uh, and this one is the. Uh, because it was a Sunday, this mm. uh, home screen and like personal focus mode is also enabled all day on Sunday. And this is what it looks like. And the shortcut in question uh, you, is the complication in the bottom left corner. That's uh-huh. the shortcut for Notion. Like at the timer, which I use a lot when cooking pasta, uh, time zone for New York and kettle weather five day forecast complication. And the home one to open and control HomeKit accessories. Uh, the home app on the Apple Watch is just... So I think bad. I said this before recently, but like I just can't even work out why it's yeah. so bad. Like, yeah. why is it so bad? It, it, did you try that app? We were talking about this, weren't we? The Did you try and... Did you set up that other app? What was it called? Home... No, Home Run. No, home I didn't, run? Have, didn't have the okay. time. Didn't okay. have the time. But I think I will. Uh, I, I still find scenes in HomeKit kind of confusing. Yeah. Like... And sometimes I don't know if I if what I want is a scene or a shortcut. And what I also find weird is sometimes the kind of quote unquote scene that I want to make is more of a shortcut, like control a bunch of things at once, but also have conditions. Yeah. And I just find it weird that I cannot create this in the home app. Yeah. In the home app, you can create automations with like a mini version of the shortcuts editor, but only if they are automations. 
And so I ended up creating... Yeah, my, my brain doesn't work in scenes for yeah, all of exactly. the things I want to do in my home. Exactly, yes. Like, I yes. have some scenes that make sense to me, like <clears throat> like uh, like a good night scene or whatever. But, like, I have a scene for the studio which is just turn the two radiators on. And that doesn't make sense to me as a scene. That's just like controlling two devices at once, yes. right? Like, Thank you, yes. That does, it doesn't make sense to me to, to, to do that, but that's the only way that I can find to do it and then set automations on it. It's, 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 it's complicated. Yeah, and sometimes like I just want to have like control of multiple devices, but only if some other condition is being met and I want to run these things manually. Like I'm... I'm not super into like all these automations that come and go and they do things on like on their own and they're gonna surprise people in your home. And it's so surprisingly convoluted to put this together because you gotta go into the shortcuts app and, I, and I'm like, okay, I'm guess I'm gonna have to make a custom shortcut. I feel like this should be simplified and this integration between shortcuts and home is kind of confusing at the moment because it's only like halfway there. You have a mini shortcuts UI when you create automations, but you cannot have the same shortcuts UI when you create a scene. And so you end up creating a custom shortcut for home control that doesn't show up in HomeKit at all. It's, I don't fully understand it. I have seven focus modes. Seven, yeah. one for each day of the week, like <laughs> God intended. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, you rest I on Sunday? Use, I uh, do not disturb, <laughs> sleep, vacation, weekend, travel, fitness, and recording. Vacation, we, vacation and weekend are different? Vacation, weekend, and travel, they're all different, yeah. They're all different. How yeah, is vacation... So, Weekend is just like it just it's effectively just removes a bunch of stuff from my home screen and year like the that, weekend, which is like also. exactly yeah. uh, weekend. And that's why it's there. Travel is like it's got it puts front and center like the flighty widget and stuff like that and like my airline app. And then vacation is like tripsy and fantastic. Like it's more widget focused, really. You know, it hides those work apps. Get out of here, work apps. You know what I mean? I totally agree that the that there's confusion between scenes and shortcuts. And basically where I draw the line is I will make a scene for something that someone in the house wants to do with their voice because yeah. the Truth HomePod card. understands scenes. It will not run a shortcut because I don't have the private, whatever it is, like data access thing turned on on the HomePods. And so I've got a couple of scenes and then the, the rest of the stuff that like I just want to do, like maybe from my phone, because I have on my today's view screen thing, you know, to the left of the home screen, a bunch of shortcut, uh, shortcuts in a widget. And most of those are actually HomeKit stuff. And I find that to be easier to manage from a widget perspective than scenes. But I really it seems like these should be the same thing and it's just you can get to them from two different places. I don't understand why there's like this subtle distinction between them or you have some capability if you come from one side but if you come from the other side, it's different. It's it's confusing and it feels like it's one of those things that, and I'm, this is conjecture, but maybe it like fell in between the cracks, right? It's like, oh, well, what team is actually supposed to do it? Uh, no one knows. And so it's kind of kind of messy. The shortcuts widget that you mentioned, like the small one, I also have a couple in the today page. Uh, I, let's talk about it. I feel like that shortcut is its potential, like that widget, its potential is so wasted 
that small square, like the, the smaller size shortcuts widget, I feel like that widget should allow me to have like four buttons. In yeah. A, in a oh, yeah. Why is it just one? Yeah. Like no, it, it, none of them are dense enough, really. No, no, they're not. And they, I'm pretty sure that like two years in, they still don't have an Excel size widget on the iPad for shortcuts. Like the big rectangular one. Mm-hmm. I don't think so, no. Yeah, they don't have it. And it's been two years, I think, since that feature launched. Um, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. I have a, uh, a call to listeners. If you are out there and you have a 3D printer and you want to help with something for the 2023 podcastathon for St. Jude, knowing that you may not, you cannot tell Mike what I'm up to. Okay, so... You can't share spoilers in Discord or on Mastodon. Some people have come very close. We actually took a picture down because it was pretty close to being a spoiler. Uh, if you're willing to commit to complete secrecy and pitch in with your 3D printer, please send me an email. It's Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, at relay.fm. And uh, I have something I would like some help with. So uh, a bunch of people are already helping. But the more the merrier. That's all this I'm going to say. Terrible. This is very, this is upsetting to me on a number of levels. Because like one, I don't know what this is. I don't know if this is like a good thing or a bad thing. It's probably a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And I, like I don't like the idea of like 3D printed things. Like what is yeah. it going to make? What's that going to mean? Like how painful yeah. is that going to be? And then the other one, who has agreed to a podcastathon? You know what I mean? We haven't agreed to the <laughs> who's agreed to the two of the podcasts on this year. I haven't had any conversations with anybody yet. Well, Jill you know? is fully in the loop on this. I did it. Oh, I'm sure Jill is in the loop. I'm just saying, yeah. like, we've yet to even like have a conversation. Well, we have a date. Podcast, you know. So you you made it. You made a date. We agreed to a me. date, sir. Well, I I'm not agreeing to any dates now. There's subterfuge, you know. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to renegotiate. It's not subterfuge. No, it's just it's just a it's a jape. That's all it is. Yeah, I find I find the whole idea of three D printing so creepy. Why? Oh, I don't know. Like making objects, like you make babies. I don't know. I find it so odd. Like you can just <laughs> m- make something and it pops out from from a thing. Do you think making babies is creepy? Well, <laughs> no. Okay, okay. Because you said like <laughs> no, it's, it's creepy, making like objects. making babies. No, so. no, no. It's, <laughs> it's the idea of taking a, a substance and it becomes an object that didn't exist before. That's you know, just like, construction. Like, I mean, you. No, <laughs> it's not. It's like, I think. Federico, does it make you feel uncomfortable because it's like people think they're playing God or something? I was literally going to say, I think uh, I think a, a lot of people who are into 3D, 3D printing have like this God complex <laughs> that they should probably talk to someone about. Because like, and I see all these folks make like, oh, I 3D printed this and I made this. And it's like, Look would you stop? Would you stop printing stuff, please? Like, what? Why are you printing so many things? It's uh, like I it's like know. AI, right? Like, you don't know what the you know. It's like you're training these these models, and who knows? They might turn against us. What if the three D print and turns against us? And then and then everybody who's into three D printing, they they always post like the little time lapses 
of the printing that I also find creepy because you can literally see like this liquid that turns into like, I don't know, a little figurine or whatever the printing. Um, and everybody who was into 3D printing, they also print for whatever reason, uh, like the, the cup holders. They're super into printing cup holders. Everybody wants these cup holders. I'm like, how many cups do you need to hold and wear? Steven, do you have a cup holder? I have a 3D printed cup holder in my truck. <laughs> <laughs> you were right. You got him. Got him. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's been a fun hobby to get into, but yeah, there's a lot of people who are way, way too, too into it. Into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have a lot of questions about uh, what you find creepy. I'm just going to run through these and you give me a yes or no. How does that sound? Okay, yeah, go for it. Do you find Minecraft creepy? No. Lego. It's very nice. Uh, no. What about 3D printed babies? Yes. Yeah, don't. I Googled it. Don't look at them. They're, mm -hmm. It's horrifying. Uh, what about uh, DIY? You know, what do you, what uh, do you feel about that? Depends. Like, mo mo generally speaking, super in favor. Uh, but you can overdo it. I think you can overdo it. Like, we have a neighbor really into, like, do-it-yourself kind of stuff. But I think he's too into it to the point where he's now reached, he's now reached the point where he's making furniture himself uh, for the new... Like, we're all, like, relatively young people who moved into brand new apartments. And I think nobody has the courage to tell him that the furniture he's making is not very good. <laughs> That's not where I thought that one was going, but I like it more. <laughs> you know? He can't like, stop. Look, He's terrible like, at, at this, it, though. It's like, look at, look at this cabinet that, that I made. It's like, ah, yes, that is. Oh, uh, <laughs> you can't tell him you like it too much because then he's exactly. going to make something gotta, for you. And then you're stuck with it. You got to walk the line to find balance. So not creepy, but you can overdo it. Got to be like, not my style, but I like it for you, you know? Yeah, that's usually what I what I what I do. Uh, but really, I'm, it's mostly the time lapse that's problematic for me. It's the watching the thing be shaped into existence by is existence by a machine. Uh, it kind of reminds me. I think now I'm sort of uh, self-analyzing my brain. It reminds me of the scene from one of the earlier seasons of Westworld, where they show how they make the human robots out of like that milk like like plastic substance and they're like actually you know making them with all the filaments and all the joints and it was super creepy and 3d printing re kind of reminds me of that that scene from westworld hmm. so you see why my brain makes those associations so i should not send you a time lapse no i'll send you a picture of what we're doing though as a group okay I'll send that to you privately after the show. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Indeed. No successful entrepreneur is an island. It takes a core team of trusted advisors to help build a business from the ground up. It's been true for all of us building our business. And when it comes to hiring, you want to leave it to the experts. You need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible. Simply because you can do it all, attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. You don't want to have to struggle on your own to find quality candidates, and you don't have to. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. 
so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes match your job description, and you can even invite them to apply right away. Indeed really does make the hiring process so easy. By having all the tools in one place, it takes away so much of what can otherwise be a daunting process. Indeed's data shows that with Instant Match, 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post. And candidates are three times more likely to apply than those who just see it in search. So get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com connected. That's a $75 credit at Indeed.com connected. This offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more at Indeed.com connected. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our thanks to Indeed for the support of the show and Relay FM. Federico sent to our group thread <laughs> a selection of time lapses for 3D printing now. It's a baby mm-hmm. group. This is upsetting. Oh, I don't like that it's like in pieces and then it... Oh, yeah. that's unfortunate. I found that scene from Westworld I was telling you about. You tell me they're not similar. I mean, you, you see why I am... I'll put that in the show notes for people. Apple Frames 3.1. After finally months of work, Federica, you have published. Calling this calling this a shortcut does not do it justice. <laughs> You've created an ecosystem of shortcuts. Mm-hmm. So uh, could you start with what's new in 3.1, sort of the main shortcut, and then I want to get into these these others that you've built to go along with it. Yeah, so for the for the main shortcut, I restored uh, support for devices that I forgot to uh, include in version 3.0. Uh, there was the iPhone 8 Plus, uh, the Apple Watch Series 7 and 8 in the 41 millimeter size. Um, and I also fixed a problem that I found with the 11-inch iPad Pro. Uh, I don't know if you guys read the entire story, but if you saw... I dropped a little thing uh, about the 11-inch iPad Pro. I don't know if you caught it. You didn't? No, I did read it, though, so I don't know what I've missed. Yeah, that I ended up buying an 11-inch iPad Pro. Oh, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I skipped that part because, like, it like because new devices and fixes, yeah. that part wasn't interesting to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bug fixes and yeah, improvements. Yeah, that was what that part felt like, which is very helpful, but I wasn't feeling like anything was missing, so I didn't read that part. Yeah, here's what he wrote. I fixed an issue with Apple Frames 3.0 that was causing screenshots taken on an iPad Pro 11-inch in portrait orientation with the more space display scaling mode enabled not to be framed properly. Mm-hmm. And then you apologize to everyone whose lives you ruined. I ended up buying an 11-inch iPad Pro myself so I could debug the issue and figure out what was going on. Yeah. You really are a developer now. You have testing devices, you know? Uh, I got an 11-inch iPad Pro, which I've been using, in fact, instead of the big one, instead of the big iPad Pro. I don't know, it's it's complicated feelings about the 11-inch iPad Pro. It's it's pretty lovely, except the display. It really, I really... Yeah, it's the perfect form factor. They just didn't do anything to it. Like, really nice form factor. Uh, yeah. It's the limit, like, it reaches the limit of, of, I think, like, how small would I like uh, a keyboard, with a Magic Keyboard, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's workable for me too bad about the display uh 
Anyway, uh, so that's the, for the main shortcut, which you can continue using like you've always done. Uh, you know, you run it manually from the shortcuts app or I guess from the widget, uh, from the dock on macOS. Um, you run it, you pick a screenshot and you, uh, you, you it gets framed and you can choose what to do with it. Uh, so support for some new devices. The other feature that everybody can take advantage of is there's this new merge mode that you can choose what to do with it. So by default, uh, Apple Frames has always merged multiple screenshots into a single image at the end. So if you run Apple Frames and select five iPhone screenshots, at the end you end up with one image, like one PNG image, uh, with all the iPhones, like all the framed uh, screenshots with the iPhones side by side. Mm -hmm. um, some people don't like it, and I, well, or maybe it's not that they don't like it. Maybe they don't find it as useful as having five individual PNGs, each with an iPhone screenshot that gets framed. So I added a variable toward the beginning of the shortcut that is set to true or false. By default, it's true, meaning that it uh, combines all the screenshots in a single image. If you set it to false, that uh, will produce individually framed images. So at the end, you will have five or whatever the number is, uh, different files that you can save uh, to photos, copy to the clipboard, share with an extension, whatever. So you have that sort of uh, shortcut-wide setting that applies to the entire shortcut. And uh, yeah, th this is uh, these are the changes for the main shortcut. Uh, but the other big change in version 3.1 is the Apple Frames API, which um, is this really, really fun project that I started working on a few months ago, and I told you guys about a few months uh -huh. ago. And it evolved into this much bigger and complex thing. And uh, now, obviously, like... So the, an API, this, and as I wrote in the post, it's kind of funny to call it an API, uh, but it is actually that. So the idea is it, it is an API in the sense that it lets you program Apple Frames and it gives you an interface to program Apple Frames to change its behavior. Um, and at a very high level, uh, this API means you can send some text to Apple Frames. You can give it some commands. And those commands can be of two categories. You can tell Apple Frames where to get the images from and what to do with them at the end. The idea being that now you can automate Apple Frames and you can write shortcuts for a shortcut. So I guess from a basic level, right, the way that I've understood this is you're taking advantage of the fact that you can run a shortcut within a shortcut. Yes, yes. And you are you have defined a selection of text strings. Yes. I don't know if string is the right word, that you can... Yeah, yeah, it is You can right pass word. to the next shortcut. It's looking yes. for those strings, as text that can get passed yes. to it. And then when you do that, it can return information back to the original shortcut. Yeah. A genius idea. Have you ever seen this done before with no. shortcuts? No. Because I, I mean, I hadn't either, but I figured you were more in this world than me. This is a fascinating way to use this feature i mean it does create 
a horrifically complicated looking shortcut to me. Like I was, yeah. we were talking about it today because long time listeners will know I have an, a, a knack for breaking Federico shortcuts. I don't Which know. is very useful. Every single time I run a shortcut that Federico makes, I find something weird, like something weird happens to me. I don't know why this happens, but it just does. I'm a unicorn, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you told me to go in and look for something and I went in to look for it. And how many actions are in this shortcut? Like the Apple frames shortcut now? Oh, now I think it's over 300 at this point. How do you even... I know, right? ...build it? Like, how are you building it? Like, what are you... you what what platform are you doing on? Like, how is it even possible? Patience. Like, is what I just I use. can't <laughs> imagine. It must be a nightmare to try and work in there. It's not. It's not great. It's not great. Uh, and I do with like I use uh, the iPad. Of course, is the is the more convenient platform, especially if you put an iPad in portrait mode uh-huh. and you use it like that. Uh, there are still so many little quirks and bugs, um, especially when a shortcut gets too long, like this one. Um, when you use drag and drop for the actions, the whole editor gets kind of weird, and like the blocks jump around when you drag them in. Um, I do wish. That for people like me, and I know that I'm probably in a niche of users of shortcuts, uh, I do wish that Apple gave us better tools to make it easier for other people to understand our shortcuts. Like, for example, I don't know, let me uh, color code some sections of the shortcut. Or let me put a, like a big message that says, look here and, and change this setting. Or more broadly speaking, something that I realized with Apple Frames, it would be really convenient to have like the ability to design settings for a shortcut. Like if I could offer, like imagine if my shortcut, if Apple Frames could have a settings page, like a preference pane where you could go in and visually change settings that I can design instead of me telling you, look like I did with Mike, go look for this action somewhere in the middle of this shortcut, you will find this action. <laughs> it did. I was looking for quite a while to find it, like because I didn't know where it was. So I'm and just did like you see that? My, I yeah. tried to make it stand out with the folder emojis. Yep. That's how I found it. Without that, I never would have found it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I do wish that that I could design like a setting screen because these shortcuts, when they get so complex, you want to make sure that people have options, right? And they can configure all these options to their needs. But I can't. I can't offer a settings screen. So all I can do is guide you through the process of like, uh, if you want to change this behavior, uh, you got to open the shortcut, scroll and find the action. Uh, But yes, your description of how the API works is is exactly right. Uh, Look, this is not a web service, right? This is not, like I'm not running shortcut in the cloud and I'm using a web API for the shortcut. It's a, a, it's a bare bones, lightweight, quote unquote, API uh, that allows you to program um, the, the shortcut to, uh, to perform, uh, to, to take f- images from specific sources and to perform specific actions with them. The benefit being, if you do that, there's no longer any manual interaction involved. Like you're not picking things from a list anymore. And you can just use Apple Frames as a feature of other shortcuts, of other workflows on your computer. It sort of becomes a function 
that runs in the background and you can program however you want, given mm -hmm. the options that I built, of course. And then you've with these, you've gone and made some, I don't know how to call them, like mini shortcuts. Like I don't really yeah. know what word to use where it's like... I call I call them helper shortcuts. I don't know if there's a better word for them. One of the ones that I just think is so cool is like, there's a shortcut to take a screenshot of yes. my Mac I'm running on yes. and then just immediately spit out a uh, Apple frameified version of it. Yes. It's like just a very clever way of doing things. And also what I can imagine helps with like someone might have a, an, a, a as I'm saying this, I'm realized this is obviously why you did this. Someone may have a thing that they want to do, but they don't want to go in and tinker with your shortcut mm -hmm. because that is like, as we've already established, not a good thing to do. But this way they can make their own shortcut that takes advantage of the power of Apple frames to like, yeah. I don't know, take a screenshot and upload it to a specific place without yes. there needing to be any intervention. And this would allow them to do that by using the simple kind of API that you've written as such. It's very, it's very smart. That's exact, exactly right. And the idea was like, it all started because I kept hearing from designers and developers who use Apple Frames to produce um, screenshots for the App Store or for their websites. And uh, a couple of people asked, it would be great if I could run Apple Frames on a folder full of screenshots and if we could spit out in another folder framed images, uh, in individual images. And, I, and, I, and it all started there. I was like, hmm, that's an interesting idea. Um, and now you can do that. So you can just say, uh, take this folder, take each image, frame each one, uh, put the framed version in another folder. And so imagine if you're a designer or a developer and you got 50 screenshots or 100 screenshots, you can just uh, put together a little utility that uses Apple Frames. Basically, Apple Frames becomes sort of this engine that runs behind the scenes and does that for you. That's one of the many things that it can do now. And in fact, I'm going to give you guys a little preview. Uh, this Friday... I will probably release a, a very small uh, 3.2 update to Apple Frames with just one feature, just one thing that I already built. Um, because on Friday, Mac Stories Weekly, one of the things that I'm going to explain is, in fact, you can now run Apple Frames from the command line on macOS. And you can actually, all these things, uh, if you're a power user, so whether you're using Apple Script or uh, the terminal or utilities like Raycast, like whatever, you can run Apple Frames from the command line uh, via the native uh, shortcuts run command that Apple built. And one of the things I'm adding is, because it doesn't have it right now, is a new pass-through mode. The idea being that, so right now, Apple Frames 3.1 has all these different output commands, things like take a framed image and copy it to the clipboard or save it to photos, or save it in Finder. But it doesn't have a thing where it just says, okay, I'm, I am just returning the frame image okay. in the output of the shortcut. It has to finalize in the Apple Frame shortcut currently. To, and to put it somewhere. It always yeah. puts it somewhere, whether it brings up Quick Look, or it puts it in the clipboard, or it saves it on your desktop, whatever. But it puts it somewhere. And I'm, I just built a pass-through mode that doesn't save it anywhere. It just puts it in the output of a shortcut, meaning that it's going to be even better if you run a shortcut from the command line or if you run a shortcut using the 
action, uh, run shortcut, you're going to see the output of Apple Frames in line in the shortcut. Like you're going to see, oh yeah, this is the output. You didn't have to save it anywhere. You're just getting the framed image back as a variable, basically. And that's the pass-through mode that I will uh, probably release on Friday. Once you think about it this way, like it's, you know, it, it is a shortcut, uh, but it can also become much more flexible, especially on the Mac. That's the thing about it. I think especially on Mac OS, uh, because of all the flexibility that you have in terms mm. of running shortcuts from the terminal, VI script, with Keyboard Maestro, with stuff like Alfred or Raycast, uh, you can just call this up, make your, make your little custom utility for it, and you run it with the, with the keyboard shortcut anywhere on your Mac, I think it's pretty nice. It's you know, going to save you a lot of time. It's super good, man. So it's good. Wild. I don't know how you I don't know how you come up with this and I have no idea how you do it. Like <laughs> but it's really great. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. And uh there's actually an interesting question from Ramon in the Discord. Uh Ramon asked uh, when should it just be an app rather than rather than a shortcut? Which is a question that I hear uh very often. The thing is, um it should probably be an app. Uh but then I would reply with Apple should give me the tools to make apps without code. The thing about shortcuts is that uh, none of this involves any code. Even the API that I made, I made it visually, like in the spirit of shortcuts. It's a very sh- shortcutified API in the sense that it's all visual. Like I don't, I don't want to learn any code. I'm, I think I'm pretty bad at code actually. I'm remembering all the, the things, but I'm pretty good at shortcuts. I think and and you know arranging things visually. So if they Very give me- I'm pretty good at shortcuts, I think. By the way, here's my shortcuts API that I built this week. You know what I mean? Come but on. the thing is, like, yeah, it should probably be an app. I would love for this to be an app and have like better integration with the system, whatever. Like, imagine if you had a real Apple Frames extension or like a with like there's so many other things that apps can do. But I don't want to code. I just want to touch <laughs> variables and, and see things visually, you know? So that's why I make shortcuts. When you when you make these, when you work on these, what device are you using? Your iPad? I can tell you that over the past three months, all of the shortcuts that I've built, I've done them on the iPhone. What? <laughs> this is a topic for another time, but yeah, mostly been working on the iPhone. Use the iPad this week just to uh, debug a few things Why for are you that. Doing this to Your poor hands. You know what? <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, uh, it's the Apple device that uh, I am using all the time. The others, uh, not so much. So that's why I'm keeping, you know, shortcuts there. I mean, it's fine, right? Especially on a Pro Max. Uh, could be, I mean, could be better. Uh, but given that I'm not using uh, the iPad and the Mac that much anymore, you know, it's, I'm building all of them uh, on the iPhone. We have some breaking news. Apple has increased trade-in values for the iPhone, iPad, Mac, and Apple Watch. By how much? Well, let's see. iPhone 13... 
line, the Pro line, is up about $30. Uh, the iPhone 12 Pro Max up 20. You get 420 now for an iPhone 12 Pro Max. Uh, iPhone 7 Plus is up to $60, over 50. Uh, the Max are up probably like 40 to 50 bucks across the board. So it's it's some, it's something. Apple Watch Series 7 up to 165. Apple Watches lose their value. And we talked about this. Other than the fancy ceramic one Mike had, all the other ones just like game over when it comes to value after the fact still not enough still not enough but at least it's going back in the right direction so that's good ipad air up to 320 uh before it was 230 so i think that's maybe maybe the biggest jump but not enough there's there's better ways to get money back out of a out of a device that you sell or don't need anymore this episode of connected is made possible by capital one a capital one technology makes direct deposits available up to two days sooner improves fraud defense with machine learning and helps businesses manage data challenges in the cloud with Slingshot, the first solution from Capital One software. Search technology at Capital One to learn more. Our thanks to Capital One for the support of this show and Relay FM. Capital One, what's in your wallet? I want to talk to the two of y'all about live activities. Uh, so there was a, a story, the I think last week now, that the iPhone uh, Uber app had been redesigned and it includes live activities so you can see. Finally. They were one of the demos, right? So it's finally out. Um, the update includes live activity so you can see your car and driver and you know how far the pickup is out. Exactly what you would want from Uber, right? Mm-hmm. Finally here. And it kind of had me thinking, like, where are all the live activities? And... How are we using it? You know, the phones have been out now four or five months. It's not a long time, but, you know, we're roughly halfway through the cycle now. And it's curious uh, how this has impacted the two of you. What you think about it? So I would, if I could just jump in for a second mm-hmm. to talk about, you know, to, to try and maybe answer where are all the live activities. So friend of the show underscore david smith put out version five of pedometer plus plus today which yes. is a really wonderful rewrite of the app like it is an absolutely full rewrite it is beautiful it looks fantastic it has uh live activities in it for you can start workouts in pedometer plus plus now and watch the live activity and i was talking to him about this recently and was kind of asking him the question of like having built a live activity where are the live activities and he said live activities are very complicated, especially in the dynamic island. Like live activities in general, Hmm. my understanding from what you're saying is not so bad. The dynamic island, especially very complicated, like to get them right and to get them working correctly. So potentially one of the reasons that this is slow is live activities seem to be, uh, they require a lot of debugging and a lot of effort and work on them, which might be why we haven't seen as many as we were maybe hoping we would see. But you know, if all the rumors are to be believed, which I think they are, the Dynamic Island's going to be rolling out to all of the iPhones starting this year. So this will only increase, like Apple's serious about it. And when it does work, it works great. But it seems like it is um, difficult to build for. So that might be the reason that we haven't seen as many as we maybe would have hoped. I mean, it makes sense, right? It's a new thing. And while the lock screen version of live activities i think it's probably pretty straightforward in terms of like design and i mean uh the technology is the same whether it's on the the 
lock screen or in the in the dynamic island. But I'm sure the dynamic island comes with design challenges. Um, something I noticed just the other day, actually, I forget what what album it was. But I was listening to some music. And it's in the live activity. And this album artwork had like a white border around it. And the corners are clipped because Apple makes everything around wrecked in there. And it's like, come on, Apple Music. Like, mm. just shrink the artwork down a little bit so it doesn't have like these weird white lines down two sides of it. I don't know. It, it, I'm sure it's tricky. But um, how are y'all using it at this point? I feel like I'm using it for three things. So maybe not as many as I hoped months ago, but those three things I really, really like. And it's very simple for me. Like I use it a lot for uh, controlling uh, music and podcast playback with the now play and integration in the Dynamic Island uh, for timers and for Timery, the uh, toggle time tracking app. Uh, really, mostly those three things. Uh, the timer one is excellent when I'm cooking and I'm keeping the iPhone nearby because like, I don't know, I'm like stirring whatever like pasta or sauce and like with one hand and the other hand and the other hand i'm catching up on my mastodon timeline and so it's useful to uh, have the timer right there in the in the live activity uh, the timer one is excellent when for example i'm making shortcuts like apple frames and i got my little timer going on up there saying you know uh, max stories shortcuts research uh it's very useful um to expand it, like the the whole sort of gesture vocabulary of live activities and the dynamic island has grown on me. The idea of long pressing to expand and tap to open. I used to be kind of against it at the beginning. Now that I'm used to it, I don't know, it kind of makes sense because it's like holding down on the island to expand the live activity. It's kind of similar to how you bring up a context menu. In iOS, you mm -hmm. hold down and something appears. So I, I I understand why Apple did it more than I did months ago. And the the now playing integration is also excellent. Like I'm listening to something, uh, whether it's a podcast or some music, and I can just hold it and pause or skip. It works really well. But I, now, I, I think these are not exactly creative uses of, the, of live activities and the dynamic island. All of these, by the way, are also incredibly useful on the lock screen. Um, yeah. The timer one, especially with the always-on display. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm typing away on my computer, but I'm keeping the iPhone nearby, like on the desk, and I can glance at the live activity to see the minutes that I've been tracking my time. That is excellent on the lock screen. But these are just three use cases. And maybe months ago I thought everything was going to be live oh, live activities everywhere, dynamic island everywhere. And it hasn't turned out to be that. But at the same time, I'm not complaining because these three use cases, I use them a lot and they really work well. So, you know, uh, if I had to grade it, which you guys have not asked me to do, but 75% positive, you know, sentiment what is the it you're grading the general sort of my relationship with the dynamic island and live activities okay 75 percent. 75 percent positive yeah yeah it's pretty good could be better but you know pretty good yeah it's pretty high i will agree with your general thesis which is like i expected there to be more and i would still like there to be more but the live activities that i use a lot are the really the exact apps that I want to be using it for. Yes, yeah. Um, you know, my one that I... The, the only one that's missing for me is... Um, 
we have a food delivery service here called Deliveroo, and I want them to adopt. I, I love Deliveroo. Yeah, I love it. So Do you have Deliveroo in Italy? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not sure what countries they operate in. Big Deliveroo fan. I think at some point I was paying for their Deliveroo Plus subscription. I paid for that. I yeah, okay. Yeah. Because it's like you, you order a few things a month and you do save on, on it. Yeah. Because they like, you know, it's like with all of these food delivery things, they'll send you like 12 notifications. It's just like, I just want the one persistent thing. And so like Uber doing it is a good sign for me because it signifies that like at least a large company who definitely should be using this has found a way to implement it. So like my hope is that more of these apps will will continue to to do it, especially if Uber Eats does it, which I expect they probably will. Deliveroo will probably do it because here at least big competitors. Um, but the apps that I am using that I use extensively, my favorite of all is City Mapper, which is a transit application. And City Mapper's live activity is like it's god tier good. Like I don't know how they have made it as good as they've made it. So I'll give you an example, right? If I open up a route on City Mapper, like I'm at home and I want to get somewhere, uh, they have like a you know a go button, right? So you're kind of like you're saying I'm on the trip. It is able to track, turn left, turn right, go forward, like to walk to a train station. When I'm on the train, it's tracking every stop. Like if you do the press and hold, it shows me the line that I'm on on the, say this one part of the oh, overground, the underground. That's cool. And it's tracking me along that route, and will then say like, and the iconography changes. So even if it's like the little one, right? If it's uh, you're about, you've got to make a change. It changes to a little alarm clock with an arrow of like, hey, your stop's coming up, and then it will then I will go make that. And I can see it all in the live activity. And and then even again, you 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 it will then change to, to walking directions. It's wonderful how good this is. I I don't know how they they do such a good job. It, like it's it's next level good compared to all of the other ones that I've tried. Um they are really on it. Like so I think that's fantastic. Um Timery of course I use uh Timery is one where it gives me the wish. I wish that apps could start a live activity for information that has occurred without me opening the app. So if I start a timer yes. on my Mac, yes. I wished that timer on my iPhone had the ability to know and start a live activity. I feel like live activities should be startable, terrible word, from a notification that occurs. If, say, for example, an app like Timery, right, had... Uh, was able to send a notification to my other devices that a timer had started. It could then start a live activity. Um, I wish that this was possible. Like similarly, uh, I like Fantastic House live activity. Puts the information right up front for the meet, like the next meeting that I've got. If it's got a like a, a Zoom link or whatever, it, it's a nice join button I can tap and it will just start the call. But it can only show me that if I've already opened the app, which is less makes it less useful, right? So I wish that there was a way for that. To, to like that handoff to occur. Uh, similarly, I use the Now Playing one. The Now Playing one's great because it collects all of the different types of audio that you could be listening to, right? Um, whether it's audio from your podcast app, your music app, YouTube, like whatever, it just all falls into that, which is great. And then a, similarly, Carrot Weather I love because it's kind of like City Mapper in a way of being very adaptable with the UI. Like it, it's really it's for rain stuff, but it's helpful because I can see it's going to rain. I can get a little graph. 
So they're the ones that I use. And these are the kinds of things that are exactly what I want to be using live activities in a dynamic island for. I guess I forgot to mention, I don't know if it's not necessarily a live activity, but obviously when you run a shortcut, uh, it temporarily goes in the dynamic island. Mm. And I love that. Mm-hmm. How it, like just how it works on the iPhone now, but it's not a live, a live activity per se in the sense that once it's done running, it just disappears. I guess those are like some of the dynamic island features that are not live activities; they're just like custom integrations. And the shortcuts one is super good because like now you're getting that confirmation step, and it's it's not intrusive. It sits up there in the dynamic island for however long the shortcuts need the shortcut needs to run. Uh, it's got a stop button, which is super useful. So that if a shortcut is doing is taking too long, or if you change your mind, you can just stop it. Mm-hmm. In fact, I I wouldn't mind having more stuff as like this custom live activity in the future, like more types of notifications, more types of interactions could probably sit there as like little special notifications like the shortcuts one that you can dismiss, you can minimize or you can expand uh, and you can continue to do something else on your iPhone in the meantime. So yeah, my hope would be that the next version of iOS will bring some of this kind of stuff because my assumption would be that not everybody working inside of Apple knew that the dynamic island even existed, right? So in the intervening time, there may have been some teams who were like, oh, we could put this there. Maybe podcasts with a live activity that shows you a real-time transcript of what the hosts are saying. Wow, you're really... You're really swinging for the fence. That's a lot of things have to come in line. Yeah. (laughs) Am I willing to make this a risky pick? Probably not. (laughs) It would be one. It would be one, though. Mm. Okay. I think my my uses are very similar to y'all's. I mean, outside of City Mapper, I'm using, uh, you know, Timery and now playing uh, Sports Alerts is the only sports score app that i have found that has live activities there may be others but i've been using that i wrote it up on the blog a while back it's fine like it does the job but uh the big the big apps haven't haven't done that yet i do have a fundamental complaint about live activities that i've been uh been really bothering me is that if you're running a timer you can open the clock app from the dynamic island but you cannot open the clock app from the lock screen. So a bunch of other Mm. live activities, like you tap it and it opens the app, but the timers one doesn't. It just sits there and stares at you. And I don't understand why that's the case. Like I, if I'm running a timer very often, I want to go look at the clock. Like, Oh, what time is this going to go off? Or, you know, I want to make an adjustment, right? You kind of go, got to go around your elbow to get to it. And that's, that's a little annoying. I don't know why it's that way. Saying about sports, there is a, an app that I use that I'm not that says it has live activities, but I've yet to experience them. It's a Formula One app called Boxbox, Box, which has incredible widgets, but the season hasn't started yet, so there's no live activities to show. But they say they have them, so I'll look forward to experiencing them when that happens. Sounds like a future follow-up. Yeah, it will be. Anything else with live activities? I feel like we're pretty happy with what's there, but we would like to see more. I think that's where we come down. Uh, before we go, we, we have to touch on the biggest news of the year. In iOS 16.4 Beta 2, Apple Books page turn animation has been returned as an option. 
Yeah, so 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 good to see Apple listen to feedback in iOS 16 and iPadOS 16 about the you know important features mm. like this one. Um, a lot, lots of people, no, but seriously, like lots of people complained about this. I also complained about this, linked to a Verge story. I think in November, October, I don't, I don't recall. But how Apple basically sucked all the fun out of uh, the Books app in 16. Um, and I mean, the, I can tell you, there are quite a few people out there, people who, unlike me, read a lot of books. Like, think Jason Snell, but angrier, and on Mastodon, complaining about the redesign of the Books app in iOS 16. I've. Uh, they come off as kind of angry and upset, but if you take the time to listen to their complaints about the books app design, I think they actually have a point. Um, so I guess they just need better PR from that perspective, like these people, <laughs> because their points are actually valid in terms of like it takes way too many clicks or taps to change some books settings in yeah. iOS 16. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a heavy reader. <laughs> like those people, but I think they have a point. And so, for example, case in point, neither you, Stephen, or John, I think, were able to find the setting for reactivating the page curl animation. Yeah, yeah, I've read this. <laughs> I've been running the beta because of the emoji, and we talked about that last week. I was like, oh, let me check this out, because I actually have been reading in the Books app, uh, just the next book on my list. I was like, well, let me try the Books app out, because I haven't tried it basically since it came out. And I like the sliding panel design. I'm actually like team team panel, I think. Interesting. I was afraid they had gotten rid of the panel and had just gone back. I was like, well, let me go see. And it's like in a submenu of a submenu in there. And none of these menus have labels on them. They're just like icons that are seemingly unused by other Apple applications. It's a little confusing in there. Yeah, that, that UI, which we talked about last year here on Connected, that weird menu that they have with like, there's, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, there is a button that is both a button and also a slider at the same time. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't remember yes. this. Yeah, man. No, no, I covered this in my review of iOS 16. There is in the, okay, let me look. In iOS, in the books app, in iOS 16, in the new design that they have, there is, when you open a book, the new menu, there's a button that is both a button and also a slider. Yes, the contents button. So when you open that weird like uh, icon in the bottom right corner on the iPhone, the, that, this new pill-shaped menu that they have, the first button at the top called contents is both a button and a slider. At the oh, same yeah. time. <laughs> so you can like scroll? Yeah. That's interesting UI though. It's it's a it's a very interesting piece of UI that has no precedent on iOS whatsoever. It's the first time I'm seeing this element. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's doing a bunch of weird things. We've one. talked about this before. We've analyzed yeah. this menu before. Because um, I remember we did when it was first shown off, right? As like a, is this the future? Yeah, of, it was free you know. WWDC announcement yep. when Apple yep. announced the accessibility stuff in like in yep. late May last yep. year. Um, while you were most likely incubating COVID, Mike, um, 
This is, no, I don't know why. I don't, what did I do? To, Come to on, take the, now the you can laugh take... about it. Come on, yeah. now it's, it's in the past. It's in the past. Not in May. I was. How long do you think? It, just like sticking around for like six weeks. Yeah, I guess it's until it can strike me at my weakest, my most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It waited until it knew you were on a, on the plane. Like you know what? <laughs> now go, it's go, the time. go! Take him down. Go, go, go. Uh, <laughs> you, hopes and dreams. Anyway, this 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 whole menu is so strange. And so, as I was saying, those people, as is often the case with with Apple users, something I've picked up over the years is that I think a lot of people have really valid opinions, but they fail to convey them in a way that is, uh, what's a word? Conducive? Is that a word? It is. it is a word, but it depends what you're going to say to next. Change, to change, to actual yes. change. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish, yeah, like, like the, the, it's a joke, but like um, they need better PR in the sense that like I got, so for example, a few weeks ago, I got this super long, angry email from a person about Apple Books, like really, really upset tone, like, you know, uppercase, exclamation marks all over the email. You know, that's, mm. that energy, like, is too much for me. But out of curiosity, I was like, okay, let me read what the email says. They were actually, like, they actually had a point like, about all the things in the books app. Okay, maybe you should be, you know, that's, that's a use case for chat GPT. Like, take this um, angry message and turn it into, oh my God, imagine take an angry message and turn it into a feedback item formatted for the Apple feedback system. Well, I mean, let me open Edge. We'll see what we'll see what <laughs> Edge can give us. So compose, tell compose us what a, you want. Com- what do we want? Well, compose, uh, how, how would you explain it? It needs to be in the style of the Apple feedback forms. Well, I'll, I'll, I can try that. So like... What are we asking for? Uh, explain why the new design of the Books app in iOS 16 is a regression from iOS 15. Explain why the design of the Apple Books app in iOS 16 is a regression of the style in iOS 15 in the style of the Apple feedback form. Yeah. What tone? Professional, casual, enthusiastic, informational, or funny? <laughs> professional, professional. Professional. Yeah. All right. Short, medium, or long? Medium. Medium. Funny. Yeah. In my experience, that short, medium, or long means nothing. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've asked for some short things, and it spit out like eight paragraphs. All right, here we go. I am writing to express my dissatisfaction with the design of the Apple Books app in iOS 16 compared to the previous version in iOS 15. The new design is a regression in terms of usability, aesthetics, and functionality. The new design has removed the option to view books by categories, making it harder to find and organize books. The new design has also changed the color scheme from a soothing white and blue to a harsh black and red, which is unpleasant to look at and strains the eyes. Shush. The new design has also introduced unnecessary Necessary animations and transitions that slow down the app and consume more battery. I urge you to revert back to the previous design, or at least provide an option to choose between the two designs. The Apple Books app in iOS 16 is a disappointment for loyal users like me who value simplicity and elegance over flashy and gimmicky features. 
That is half of that information is not. It's, like, it's just false. This is not. This is the. This is that hallucination thing that people talk about now, right? There is no black and red version of the Apple Books app. <laughs> it's the the Mac Stories version. Yeah, I want to just give this another go with a funny tone because I'm just. I'm uh-huh. just intrigued. I like. I don't really know what that would would mean. So we're generating a new one here from from Bing. Dear Apple, I am writing to express my utter disappointment with the design of the Apple Books app. It is a regression of the style, which was already mediocre at best. This isn't funny. Here are some of the reasons why: the new font is too small and too thin. It hurts my eyes to read anything longer than a tweet. That's funny. I feel like I need a magnifying glass and a flashlight to enjoy my books. The new layout is too cluttered and confusing. There are too many buttons, icons, menus, and tabs that distract me from content. I don't know where to look or what to tap. I feel like I need a map and a guide to navigate my library. The new color scheme is too dull and boring. It lacks contrast and vibrancy. It makes me feel depressed and sleepy. I don't want to read books that look like they were printed on recycled paper with faded ink. Please revert back to the design, or better yet, improve it with some creativity and innovation. You are Apple after all, not Microsoft. Wow. Says Bing. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Look at that. There you go. No Microsoft bias in Bing, it seems like. Hmm. didn't really help did it i mean it, i mean what i would say is it at least provided a better overall structure with like less anger right that like dripping anger but didn't really get the information right yeah and it's possible that also uh ChatGPT doesn't have information about ios 16 yet uh because the data set is probably not updated to september 2022. the bing version it, which i'm it? using is completely up to date. That's the difference okay. between it and ChatGPT. Okay. It, it's using web searches as well to get that information. These are like one of the use cases that I sort of uh, I am really fascinated by. Um, uh, similar tech. I I have it. Uh, they launched it. I think last week. The Notion AI feature, which is same same deal with with a bunch of these AI integrations. Like you have GPT technology inside of Notion, and one of the things I am intrigued by was like uh summarization mm-hmm. and take a bunch of because that's also like the aspect that i'm not creeped out by like take something that i created and summarize it in different styles so for example i didn't end up using it because i'm too much of a control freak to trust you know a post created by an ai but i took my entire blog post of Apple Frames 3.1. Like the whole thing that I published on Mac Stories. Last night, I pasted it in a Notion document. And at the bottom of the document, I asked the Notion AI, which is ChatGPT, take this document, write an announcement post uh, in the style of a tweet. Mm, That's good. with With multiple lines explaining the shortcut that I'm announcing here. And it was pretty good. And then I was able to like to 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 finesse the the announcement, like uh, add emoji every once in a while, and it was pretty good. Uh, ultimately, it felt kind of impersonal, and like I said, as a creative person, I also tend to be very much a control freak with all the things that I put out, so I wouldn't want to use it. But like this idea of take something that I made and help me out with styling it differently or summarizing it or like that use case i am kind of in favor of i think like similarly i hate writing descriptions for podcast episodes 
I'm not good at it and it annoys me. Mm. I would love to be able to give it the file, use the whisper thing to yeah, <laughs> listen, transcribe the entire thing and then give me a 200 character yeah. uh, description. By the way, I asked uh, Bing to tell me about Federico Vitici's API. Okay. Federico Vitici is a tech journalist and founder of Mac Stories, a website that covers Apple news and apps. He has created an API for his app, Apple Frames, which lets users add device frames to screenshots. He has also written about how to use Workflow, an iOS automation app, to interact with any web API. He is active on Twitter, where he shares his opinions and tips on Apple products and services. So close. So close, Bing. If you want to see links for stuff we spoke about this week, including uh, Federico's awesome new Apple Frames 3.1, look in your podcast player of choice or on the web at relay.fm slash connected slash 439. In either place, you will also see a link to submit feedback and to join. Connected Pro members get longer, ad-free versions of the show each and every week. You also get access to the Relay FM members Discord, newsletter, a couple of members-only podcasts. It's a great deal, $5 a month or just $50 a year. Go check it out. You can find us all online. You can find Mike on Mastodon at imike at mike.social. He hosts a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM and is the co-founder of Cortex Brand. You can find Federico at MacStories.net, where he is the editor-in-chief. He's a real pro blogger over there, making shortcuts on his phone like a true champion. You can find him on Macedon as well. Uh, he's at Vitici at MacStories.net there. You can find me on Mac Power Users every Sunday here on Relay FM. I also write at 512pixels.net, and I'm on Mastodon as ismh at eworld.social. That eworld social will never get old for me. It's so good. It's so good. It's good forever. I'm glad you like it. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week. They are Indeed and Capital One. And until next week, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.